This revival will be the greatest revival that we've ever seen. Amen? Amen. Because this revival does not look like past revivals. God is doing a new thing. And God is restoring the power of God into the body of Christ. So it's not about one person carrying anointing. But like we see, the body. Even someone who's only been a Christian for eight months can walk in the power of God. Even someone 16 years old who hasn't gone to seminary school can have authority over demons immediately. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's time. Because in the book of Acts, when we read the book of Acts, all believers were carrying anointing. They were carrying the power of God. It wasn't just a handful of people. And that's what God is restoring now. The Acts Church. What the Acts Church looked like. He's restoring it now to the body of Christ. And there is a key that's unlocking this revival. A key that's unlocking it. This isn't just happening randomly or by happenstance. This revival that we're seeing break out right now. No. There's a key that's unlocking it. And that key is that we are reverent to the Holy Spirit. Looking to him, God, what do you want to do? How do you want your move to look, your revival to look? When do you want it to happen? Like this that's happening right here. I was praying for revival. A bunch of us were praying for revival. I remember going to this huge conference in LA in a stadium, in the, the Coliseum, I think. Um, thousands praying for revival. And it was just about a year or so later that a prophet came and prophesied to a group of us that were here saying, God has heard America's prayers for revival and it's time for revival to start right now for America. So it was God's timing, now is the time. So now we, we come, okay, God says now. So now we start praying for revival, we start walking in revival because we're following what Holy Spirit says, not our plans. Not our timing of when we think the revival should start. No, but we have this conference coming up and that was supposed to be the launching of revival. No. Oh, but it aligns with the 100 year anniversary of such and such. So, nope. Right. We go with God's yes. plan and timing. Yes. And so we kept, we kept declaring, revival's now, revival is now, revival is now. And it didn't look like revival. We are, like our church here, Revival Church, had like about 10 or 15 people for years. And every single Friday and Sunday that we had service, we would say, John Tal and I would say, revival is now. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Here, 10, 10 claps. Praise God. There's more than 10 claps now. And we would see God move in power here and there, but we would not see deliverance at all. We, we would not see big healing testimonies or anything. So it didn't look like revival, but God had said revival is now. There's a testing. There's a testing. When Moses came to, to the Israelites and said, your time for deliverance is now. What if they all were like, no, you're crazy. No, I heard something different from God in my dreams. There's a testing. There's a testing. When God says revival's now, will we say yes, even though we don't see it around? Will we say yes and amen? God will carry it. We'll, we'll, we'll agree with what you said, even when we don't see it. How we think it should look like yet. Hallelujah. So this revival 
God has his plan of when it was going to happen. And he also has a plan of what's happening in the revival. Like, when we pray for revival, most probably pray looking at past revivals, what they think it should look like. They have in their mind. When they're praying, they have in their mind what to pray for. But in this revival, God is doing something that honestly, I don't think many people were praying for just because they didn't know to. Because it's a new thing, new thing according to our generations, current generations. And that is in this revival, God is restoring the fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. Yes, hallelujah. He, he, what he's doing is he re he's restoring the Acts church is what he's doing. Like when we read the book of Acts, all of the mighty miracles that are happening. We have to do what the Acts Church did to see the results of the Acts Church. So that's really what it is. We're just looking at the Acts, the book of Acts. Because God's word is true. He doesn't change. His way of doing church does not change. His way of equipping his people does not change. His way of releasing anointing does not change. It does not change. It has never changed. And when we try to change, then we miss out on God. Then we're rejecting God technically when we go against his word. Even when we go against his word about how to, how to do church, that doesn't seem like evil. If we, you know, it doesn't seem like, oh no, I just, I'm going to try something different. But technically we're going against God's word. So what we're doing is really returning to his word in the book of Acts. And when we look at the book of Acts, we find the five-fold ministry. We find apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We see them operating. We see them by name. We know, we know many apostles. Peter, Paul, all of the original disciples of Jesus, they are apostles. We see them by name operating in ministry, equipping the people, imparting to the people. We see prophets by name, Agabus, Silas, Barnabas. These are all prophets, New Testament prophets. By name, we read them, we see them operating in ministry, in the church. We see evangelists by name, Philip. We see teachers by name, we see pastors. This is the Bible. This is how it's supposed to look like. And it says in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, it says in Ephesians 4, 7, that God, Christ has given us gifts. Each one of us has grace that's been given as Christ apportioned it. He, he ascended on high. He took many captives and gave gifts to his people. It goes on to say, verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to read the Passion Translation to you now because this passage is so important and it's so vital. It's the foundation of this revival for you to understand what God is doing in this revival, for you to understand why this revival is happening, the key that's unlocking it. You need to understand this passage really well. So this is another translation. God has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry, like we just heard that testimony. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. So that verse 13 is very powerful because it says that these grace ministries will continue until we are perfect. Until Jesus returns. They will not end after the, the first generation with the original apostles. They will continue for the purpose of the body to be more matured. To know the fullness of Jesus more and more. To be fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Verse 14. And then our immaturity will end. Hallelujah. No more baby lukewarm Christians. Our immaturity will end. Revival's now. This is what we say. When we say revival is now, there's more meanings. It's not just it's just not just miracles happening. Our immaturity will end in the body of Christ. It's time for us to be strong vessels of God. The devil's time is up. He can no longer torture seven-year-old sisters of ours. We got seven-year-old sisters that they have demons. We gotta take authority because now we're mature and more powerful and more wise and more spiritual. Than the, de- than the devil. But demons are more spiritual than Christians these days because they're not mature. Why are they not mature? Well, the Bible says how we get mature. That's right. right here. The grace ministries come to equip and to impart to turn you from baby into adult Christian, yes. mature Christian. Yes. That's the purpose. This is simply God's way. But the problem is, is we've become prideful. I don't need anyone to teach me. God can teach me everything. But God says, no, when you do that, you will be deceived. Yes. Because I don't come, I won't be manipulated. I won't come how you want. I come how I want. I equip you how I want. I teach you how I want. You want to grow spiritually? Come to church. Yes. Come where the power of God is. Not lukewarm church. Come to the real church. You want to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles? Come to church. Come to the real church where you can be equipped, where you can receive impartation. Amen. 
it's a big deal. And, and for so long, you know, it's just like people read past Ephesians 4, I guess, and just read it, just, but this is a big deal. This is, this is everything. It literally tells us that without, without these, we'll be immature. And there's your answer. This is the big, if you want to know the answer, why have we not seen the power of God for so long? Why do we not look like the Acts Church? Because we don't look like the Acts Church, really. Because we don't look like the church. Like the church, the, the, the grace ministries and the church, we don't look like it. We only have pastors. Some teachers, but usually just call them pastors. Some evangelists. So all of these, God has this beautiful, perfect system of releasing like spiritual nutrients. This is his system of doing it. It's perfect. And there's five of them. And the body of Christ needs five of them to be healthy. Think of it like food. We need different nutrients. When you don't eat protein, you're going to be lacking in nutrients. When you don't eat vegetables, you're going to be lacking in nutrients. So when you don't have all five in the body of Christ, we are lacking spiritual nutrients. And to have victory over the devil, we have to be completely nurtured. Have all the nutrients that God intended us to have. To be fully equipped. Hallelujah. And the devil knows this. Do you know the devil knows this? Like the devil is spiritual. He's been around for a long time. He knows the word of God. He knows the spiritual principles. So his scheme is to take the power of God out of the church. Because then his demons can stay. Then Christians are not spiritual. They are carnal. And they are defeated Christians. This is the devil's scheme because this is how believers can walk in the power of God and be equipped is when we have these grace ministries, these offices, these gifts, as the Bible says, they are gifts. So it's been the devil's scheme to come and demonize apostles and prophets. He's, it's been the strategy of the enemy to take out part because he knows what will happen. And it says in Ephesians 2.19, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we are being built together. We're a body of Christ now. When we all join together with all of our different graces, it says God has given different graces. With all of our different graces, with all of our different spiritual gifts, with all of the grace ministries, as one translation puts it. Another translation puts it, gifts of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These offices included. When we are all built together, come together, now we become a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. 
when we come together, everyone, not rejecting some parts of the body. If the prophets are the eyes, we can't reject the eyes or we cannot see. It says Ephesians 2.20 right there that apostles and prophets are the foundation with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Now this is not talking about history because this church that we are in right now, this body of Christ is living. We need living pastors today, amen? We all understand that. Can you imagine if you just showed up to church and you said, we do not need pastors because we have, we have the word of God and we're just going to each stand up and read the word of God. Right? But God didn't say anything about apostles and prophets we don't need anymore. It says in this scripture that this will continue. This grace ministry, this equipping through all five will continue. So many people think there's no longer a prof apostles and prophets today. And when it speaks of this foundation, that it's speaking about the beginning times. But the body of Christ is alive. Yes. We, we don't just study past ministers. We need living ministers today to speak a rhema word of God today. Living apostles today to cast out demons today and release impartation to you today. Living prophets to speak a new word of God today. So when we don't have the living offices in place, we're not getting that. You're not getting the casting out of demons. You're not getting a prophetic word. You're, you're not getting even truly anointed ministers in churches. I'm only here because a prophet prophesied to me, a true prophet. You're called to be an apostle. There's no other way I would be here today. And I'm telling you with all my heart. It is only because God spoke through a prophet to me. And that's how we know I'm, I'm, I'm really an anointed apostle. Like I'm really chosen from God. But there are so many people who aren't even called to be pastors or ministers. But they just in their own desire wanted to. And this is the role of a, of a prophet and apostles with prophetic giftings is to either speak, you're called to be this, you're called to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or at least confirm. Yeah. If one says, I really feel God's been speaking to me, I'm called to be a prophet, apostle. We need a prophet or an apostle with true prophetic anointing that we know is from God to confirm. Yes, yes. they're anointed. Not self-appointed. They're anointed by God. Amen. So the, we're missing things. We're missing these nutrients. We're missing these things. Now, apostles. Apostles and prophets are the foundation, it says. They are the foundation. Pastors and evangelists and teachers are, if we're talking about a house, they are like the walls and the roof and the other areas of the house. And then the rest of the body is the different parts of the house that we need that are all essential. Every part is essential. With foundation, it's not, it's not a house. With just a foundation. Amen? With just apostles and prophets, it's not, a, it's not a house. But with just walls and a roof, that's not a house with no foundation. That's not going to stand. And when you have just an empty house with none of the fixings and the fixtures... 
That's not much of a house. Amen? We need everything. We need everybody to really be the house of God where God can then dwell. So apostles and prophets are the foundation with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. It is a living house. We need a living foundation, not a dead foundation from 2,000 years ago. We need a living foundation. If we're going to have living pastors that are the walls, for example, we need a living foundation as well. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets. This is the New Testament. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets. This is the foundation. This needs to be there first, and everything else can be built upon. Why do we see only apostles in the beginning? I mean, with Jesus. Because this was the beginning, and Jesus needed to send them out first. Because it says he sent them out first. The disciples that were with Jesus, they were first disciples, not apostles. But Jesus could see they're called to be apostles. I see it in them. And I need need apostles first to build my foundation. Peter, the rock, the foundation. Apostle Peter. I need them first. So he chose these apostles first. They were disciples. And then when the time had come, he says, now I anoint you to be apostle. Because disciples are followers of Jesus. They are learners of Jesus. Not just fans. We're all disciples. We learn from him. Amen. We're lifelong learners. So they were disciples and then came time for them to be disciples and also apostles. So they were sent out first. Apostles have a grace. Remember it talks about grace is given to each of these. Apostles have the grace to operate in every office when needed, like in the beginning. Because in the beginning, it was just the apostles going and starting ministry, going and starting churches. So God gives apostles a special grace to operate prophetically when there's no prophet there. With the evangelist gift. Pastorally, when there's no pastor there. Teacher, teaching. But apostles, they also teach so much. Apostles have a special grace of maturing the believers. That's their special grace, maturing you so you can walk in the power of God. That's the big grace on the apostles. Evangelists, their calling, their grace is to reach the lost. That's their focus. To bring babies into the body of Christ. And then the apostles come and mature the babies. Babies still come with apostles in all of the offices. Because when we are really walking in the power of God like we're supposed to, we are doing what Apostle Paul said when he says, I do not preach with wise and persuasive words, but I preach with a demonstration of the power of God so that your faith would not rest on my words, man's words, but on the power of God. 
there are people who are preaching like evangelists today carrying no power of God. And they're preaching these nice sermons. This is why you should believe in God. Wise and persuasive words. And a person may logically receive. Okay, yes, I think God exists. I think I want to raise my hand and give my life to him, I guess. Yes. But because they have not experienced the power of God, it's not from their heart. And it can even be like, well, I guess I should raise my hand. But how God really wants it to be is that we're all walking in the power of God, all of those offices of ministry, and every one of you, that you're really walking in the power of God, that someone experiences Jesus through you. So like here in church, Jesus becomes so real and tangible. So someone here who does not know about Jesus, they come here. And they're hearing Jesus, Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. This is Jesus, that is Jesus, Jesus. Look at the love of Jesus, look at the power of Jesus. Yes. They're hearing us speak this, they're hearing us praise Jesus. And now they are watching the supernatural power touch people. Then they themselves experience the supernatural power of God. And they're hearing Jesus, Jesus. And so they know this is Jesus. And they go, I want you, Jesus. I give my life to you, Jesus. That's how it's supposed to be. There will be times when it's time for a minister, like an apostle, for example, to speak. This is what Jesus did for you. Would you like to give your life to him now? There can be a time to speak that altar call, but it's not necessary and should only be done with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because God wants it to be out about his power, touching people and they're from their hearts, receiving him on their own decision and own accord. And even like in a service like here, even in a service like here, where if I didn't explain the whole message of salvation in the service, the whole story of the gospel of Jesus, and someone comes here and they've never heard of Jesus before in their life. And they encounter Jesus and they're like, wow, they're sitting next to one of you. Do you know it's your job to be part of the body in Christ and answer their questions and tell them about Jesus and tell them what he did for them. That Jesus died on the cross for you. He removed all of his sins, his love for you. Amen? Amen. We need to respect how God wants to move. Amen? Amen. Because he doesn't move all the same way through everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. So we do not need to judge like it needs to be like this. There needs to be everyone repeat after me every single time. I know people are used to be do doing that, but God wants to move how he wants to move. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So apostles have this grace to bring the maturing. And there's, there's a lot of salvation that will come just by people experiencing Jesus in the service. But evangelists are the ones that have this special grace to reach out to the lost, bring them into the church. That's their special grace. And then when they come minister, they can have this special grace for leading people into salvation. That's their grace that God has given them. Amen? Amen. But the bringing the babies into the kingdom and the maturing are equally important. Because if we only focus on 
bringing the babies in and we leave them there, then they're as good as not even there because they can be deceived by the enemy completely. Right? And live defeated Christian lives. And maybe even turn from God because they're seeing such defeat. God, I gave my life to you, but what happened? Where are you? So this maturing of the babies is just as important. It's time things change because there's been no focus on the maturing of the babies, of teaching the deeper things, what's going on in the spiritual realm, how to have victory over the enemy. God cares about his babies. Will you nurture them? Will you allow my, my apostles, my prophets to nurture them? Hallelujah. And, you know, the devil came and tried to take out apostles and prophets by coming and demonizing them. Like today, this is what I hear so much. If anyone ever says anything about prophet, like prophet so-and-so, people, so many people immediately go retreat and go, oh, it might be fake. Because the devil's come through so many times and is speaking that, that he's taken that scripture that says beware of false prophets and he's taken that scripture and twisted it, meaning you should be afraid of anyone who says they're a prophet. But we read here that they are gifts. They are gifts here. Whenever there's anything real, there will always be a counterfeit. Whenever there's anything counterfeit, there will always be real. There is counterfeit money, but do we throw away all money because there's counterfeit money? No. And so, I mean, we got to stick up for God because that's who God wants to move through. I'm passionate about this because I would not be here walking in my calling if it wasn't for a prophet who prophesied to me. And I mean, it's time we stick up for God because it's God moving through his vessels. It's time we stick up for God. And instead of being like, uh, prophet, I don't know. Like so much of the body Christ has been. It's time we say, there are real prophets whom God wants to use. And they are blessings to the body. They are gifts to the body. You know, God, God, this is what God's calling you to. Because he's restoring the, this is why God call, gave us the name Fivefold Church. This is why he gave us this name. Because he's restoring the fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. So it's time we stick up for how God wants to move. And, and you know, I get this all the time. I get this all the time. What's with the title, apostle? Why does she have to call herself apostle? I get that a lot. If I call myself pastor, I would never hear this. I didn't call myself apostle. God called me apostle. <laughs> I didn't want that. It's just pure obedience. And God says, you know, you have to be strong in this. I know a lot of people won't understand. I know a lot of people won't get it. I know you'll get a lot of resistance and everything, but I'm restoring my fivefold ministry to the body of Christ. And so you have to say you're an apostle or else that can't happen. And, and God wants to purify what the devil has tainted so much. Especially in America, there's so much, like, unfortunately, people have abused offices of ministry and titles. 
and they, they, were, they, they, they were prideful and they did it for power. They called themselves certain titles. So the enemy came in that way, but we should not let the enemy take what God has called good, you know, and remove it. Like these gifts are pure and good. And these are servants. Like my job as an apostle is to serve you. It's to be a servant of you, to be a servant of Christ and a servant of you. My job as an apostle is to be your gift. It says, I'm a, it says that these are gifts. Nothing's about me. I'm a gift and I'm serving you. And so when God wrote this in the scripture, it's not saying like these are, these are like elite offices. It's saying these are gifts for people. Like the purpose of these are to serve people. So where did we get now that titles are bad? Right? You know, it's, we, need to, we need to honor how God moves because we don't have no problem saying pastors. And how weird would it be if you came to a church and, you, and, and every pastor says, don't call me pastor, I'm the same name as you. It would cause confusion. Because how this works, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they're, they're come to bring, to bring uh, uh, care and nurture and help people be the best that God wants them to be. Uh, make the body of Christ be the best it can be, the most beautiful. That's their purpose. And look at society today. Look at doctors, government officials, presidents, mayors, governors, senators, teachers. All of these that I just named, their purpose is not to be important and look cool and look awesome, but their purpose is to serve people. Their purpose is to better society. You go to a doctor saying like, thank you, I'm so glad that you sacrificed and went through school so you can bless me and help me. My sister's a doctor, I see her every time I go visit her, she's just working and working and working, doing notes for her patients. It's not about her, you know? She's serving her, the patients, the people. Government officials, their job is to serve people and to make society better. They're for us. Amen? Amen. Teachers, teachers in school, their job is to help society, is to help people, is to make children not be immature, but now be mature so that this society can be great, this country can be great. It impacts everything, you see? So that's how it is with the fivefold ministry in the spiritual realm. These, these gifts, these offices are to, to, to nurture and build up and to equip, to make better. And so you go to a doctor and you, how weird would it be if it's like, don't call me doctor. But it, but it helps you, you know, okay, you go to the doctor's office, if they're the title of doctor, that means that they're certified. Okay, good, I know they went to school. And you trust the doctor just because their name's doctor. But how weird would it be? You wouldn't feel safe if you went to so-and-so that doesn't have the title doctor. Right? Same as government officials. We're gonna forget current political times. I know it's crazy, but let's go back a few years. I used to remember growing up, it's like whoever was president in office, you just felt safe, you felt secure, right? Because you're like, well, the people elected this person, 50% of the country did, so I feel okay. I feel protected, I feel safe.
because this president's in office. So that's how it is in the body of Christ. And it's important we know this because this is this move that God's doing. This, this, this five-fold ministry is, is getting these places. It's like if this country did not have presidents, government officials, doctors, teachers, and we were just in confusion. And we weren't going up. We weren't going higher. We weren't bettering society. That's like kind of like what the body of Christ is. Out of order. And people don't know like whom God's chosen and where they're supposed to come and receive anointing. But now God's getting things in order. So now when we can understand this is how it's supposed to be, I see it in the Bible that it says that a true sign of an apostle is that they walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. I see that Apostle Paul walked in such extraordinary anointing that people would bring handkerchiefs to him and put them on people that were sick and demon-possessed and they'd be healed and demons would be cast out. So that shows that there was a higher level of anointing in Apostle Paul. So even though we're all called to walk in the power of God, if I find more stubborn demons or more stubborn circumstances spiritually in my life or my friend's life, I know what to do. Go to a church where the power of God is, find a higher anointing. I want to walk in the power of God. What do I do? Well, we, when we look in the book of Acts, we see that, that that impartation was coming as people came to church. Impartation coming through anointed people of God. I want to walk in the power of God. I know what to do. I got to be equipped and I got to receive impartation. So I'm going to go where the where the real church is, where there's a five-fold ministry. Okay, there's apostle here. This is my, okay, here we go. I position myself here. I'm going to be equipped here. I'm going to receive impartation here. Now I can walk in the power of God. You see how it's simple and in order? And it's no more of this confusion of what's my calling and why do I this and why do I have all these bad dreams and how come I keep praying all the time and nothing is happening? You can come where God's order is and you can hear message after message that's coming with prophetic anointing. Where God's continually speaking exactly what you need to hear. Where now you're wondering, God, why I'm praying for this one thing all the time and I still have this bondage in my life. Well, you hear a message that has prophetic anointing through one of God's anointed vessels, like apostle. And it you receive this teaching about doors you've opened in your, in your life. And now God's giving you the answer. And now you can close that door. You can walk in complete freedom. You know, it's, God is not trying to be complicated. When we do things his way, get in his order, now he can move and give us everything, abundant life that he wants for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm passionate about this because I, God's given me abundant life in every area. And it, I see it so few. I, I see so many Christians not having abundant life. But he wants it for you. And he has it for you. But we just have to get in line with how he's moving, how he's equipping, how he's opening up your eyes, how he's teaching you what you need to hear, how he's leading you to shut all the doors of the devil, how to simply receive that impartation. He's been a Christian for eight months and he came here a few weeks ago. Mariano, is that your name? Mariano saying it right? And look at that. Look at God moving through him in power. It's simple, and we don't have to struggle to, to walk in abundant life and to walk in the power of God. And I want to read one more testimony. There's this woman who lives in Florida. She's been on every live, every single live for months now. Listen to this testimony she shared like yesterday or two days ago. 
She goes, I have finally seen God's power moving through me after learning from you, from me, since June 10th. Three days ago, I prayed for my sister all the way in Brazil through WhatsApp to, for Jesus to heal her from high blood pressure that makes her face and feet swollen. I told her I was going to pray in English, but she says, but I don't understand. But I told her, no worries, just receive. Even though I speak Portuguese, I've learned deliverance in English, as I've seen Apostle Catherine doing deliverance in Spanish. With, with Spanish-only speakers, I see how it works still. I knew God has no limit in language to heal his children. As I prayed for my sister and commanded spirits of infirmities to leave her in Jesus' name, she began to cough and cough. I could tell the demons were leaving her. She told me she felt tired and she was going to bed. When she woke up, she told me she was completely healed. Wow, this never happened when I prayed before. I am in awe of God's power. I have been asking to be used by God in this revival every day. Thank you, Jesus. And then she shares how every time you teach about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I memorize what you say and I share with other believers. In other words, I position myself where the anointing of God is resting upon and I receive anointing I believe Jesus will give to me. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So do you see how it's so important how we understand God's system, his blueprint, his structure of how he wants to move? So we can share with other believers. So when people say, well, I don't know about false, I don't know about prophets, or when they say, why apostle, what's with that name? We can say, no, let's go to scripture. Because God wants to use you in power and wants to free you, but you gotta, you gotta get in line with how he works first. So you need to understand how he works. This is your, this is your calling, revival carriers. To speak the truth so people can be set free by knowing the truth finally. When we get in this order, everything else flows. We've seen God move in such tremendous power. Why? Because God is so powerful, it's not hard for him to move as long as we surrender to his ways and get in line. It's easy. It's simple. And it's time for us to see the greater things that he promised because we're getting in line with how he wants to move. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we praise you. We praise you for opening up our spiritual eyes. We praise you, God. We thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes up to the truth, God. We thank you for having grace upon us. We, ch we, we choose to stand in your truth and to be a light to the world. To be a light revealing your truth, speaking your truth that others are afraid to speak. Speaking your truth boldly and unashamedly. Not caring what other people think. Lord, we want this revival to expand and expand and we know that it's your truth coming that will make people to be able to receive. There are so many people out there who God wants to reach so badly, but they aren't open to receive because they do not know the truth. And I see today many of you speaking truth to people. Simple truth, simple truth, like what you've heard today. Simple truth, you don't have to go to Bible school, you can speak the simple truth 
and Jesus will set them free through you. Their eyes will open up because you need to want deliverance. And there are so many people that aren't receiving deliverance because they're opposed to how God's moving because their eyes are shut. And God's going to use you. I see you now. God's going to use you to come and to speak truth, to share your testimony and to speak the truth. And they will be set free and healed because you have shared the truth to them. God has opened their eyes through you. This is what God's calling you to in this army of God. We got to speak the truth. Amen? Amen. Are you ready to speak the truth? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.